Thomas Edison said, opportunity is missed by most people because it's dressed in overalls and looks like work. Today, we're looking at a warning from Nehemiah chapter three to not miss out on the work that God has called us to. You're listening to the Leadership Lessons Podcast, hosted by Pastor Daniel Williams, a podcast to encourage and equip church leaders. Brought to you by eeleaders.com. Well, hey, everyone. I hope that you are doing well. Thanks, Joe, once again for joining us. I pray that God continues to encourage you through these episodes and that the Holy Spirit brings other resources and people and uh, favor in your life to minister and encourage you. I'm trying to do my best to build you up in your leadership as we study the book of Nehemiah together and learn some important leadership principles together. It has also been great having my dad involved as I interviewed him over the summer and just really breaking up those topics each episode after our lesson. And so I hope that you are enjoying that and are blessed by that. Lessons we've learned so far from Nehemiah has been great. And in chapter three, we're learning some specific things uh, through this chapter that great vision requires great work. But it's also going to take work, not just of ourselves, but a great team. Remember Psalm 133 says, Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell in unity. For there the Lord commands a blessing, life forevermore. The Lord blesses people as they walk in unity and are a part of a team, working hard unto Him. Even people in the world recognize this principle, that it takes work and it takes team effort to do great things. And I think as church leaders, we need to recognize this as well. You know, Henry Ford said this, Henry Ford said, if everyone is moving forward together, then success takes care of itself. This is something awesome uh, to be a part of a great team, man. It's just awesome to be a part of a people that are going the same place and trying to accomplish the same vision. And I want to remind you that I am a part of your team. Uh, if I can help you in any way and you want to maybe even just reach out to chat or to need a specific prayer, feel free to reach out to me at daniel at eleaders.com. Give me an email. Maybe we could set up a time to personally talk together to pray to one another. I pray that these resources teach episodes bless you but if there's anything else i can help you with shoot me an email and i would love to help you grow in your leadership and what god's called you to do and i'm so blessed that we're doing this together this is not a competition thing i want to pour into pastors to leaders to other churches to be able to bear fruit and walk in this venture of faith together as we serve god's Christ, our God's body. Amen. And so today what I want to do is I want to look at the other side of the coin of this principle. Not everyone helped build the wall. Okay. So we've been talking in chapter three and Nehemiah is naming a whole bunch of people in chapter three about the work and the work that they're doing. But there's a key verse in verse five that can teach us something. Just because there was a lot of people that worked doesn't mean that everyone worked. Have you noticed that? Uh, I think they say that 10% of the people in church do 90% of the work. Uh, There were some people in Jerusalem that were around the work of God, but they didn't labor. They didn't help. They weren't on the team. In verse 5, it says this, And next to them were the Tekoites, the Tekoites repaired. But their nobles, the nobles of these Tekoites, uh, they would not stoop to serve the Lord. The New King James Version said their nobles did not put their shoulders to the work 
of their Lord. They had the Lord. They knew the Lord. They knew about the vision, but they didn't put their shoulders to the work. They didn't stoop down to serve. They didn't participate. They missed out. They didn't help in the work to rebuild the wall. And there were some on this list that the Lord wanted us to know that they did not work our labor. They missed out on being a part of the team because they did not work. Now, did the wall still get built? Absolutely. Of course, God will always accomplish his vision through his people, especially those that are serving and willing. But not everyone helped out and not everyone because of that was rewarded. And it just made me think and want to warn you to say this and to make sure it's said, do not miss out. Do not miss out in working hard for the Lord and the things that God has called us to do. Remember that we have a choice to make to partner with God and we can squander opportunities that he's given us here on earth. When we walk in disbelief, when we walk in sin, or when we don't participate or want to serve the Lord or give up. I say this because at times I see this in the body of Christ. Maybe not you, but maybe you've seen it. God's people's God's people not putting their hands to the work of the kingdom of God. And we need to make sure that we encourage people to participate and show them the value, even though it's hard. You know, an example of this was Demas, uh, Demas. In 2 Timothy 4.10, Paul tells us that this guy Demas, he abandoned him or abandoned the work. For Demas, it says, in the love that was this present world has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Demas had an opportunity to stay with Paul, to do the work, but his priorities were not right. And he went and deserted Paul and went to Thessalonica. You know what? There's a lot of people that get misled because of their love for the present world and are not living for the kingdom of God. And so they go somewhere else. They spend their energy and their time outside of the church or doing the things God's called them to do. We need to make sure that we don't squander the opportunities God has given us as well. We need to be reminded often that we can make bad decisions as well. And we need to be continually relying on God's wisdom and strength to follow him. 1 Corinthians 10, 12 says, Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. It's so easy to look at verse 5 or look at 2 Timothy 4, 10 and say, Well, those are those people. But listen, you and I can miss out as well. I know I have when I've been too afraid to step out in faith. Or when I let pride get in the way and try to do things on my own rather than incorporating people. Or I've suffered because of my arrogance and not taking wisdom from other people on the team. We need to not stop the work that God's called us to. And we need to make sure that we're living um, in humility, not saying that this couldn't happen to us. Let me remind you, there is plenty of work to be done. And God wants to use us. He's given us insight, wisdom, and even shows us problems so that we can do something. Remember, Jesus would say in Luke 10 too, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of, your har- of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. The needs in the world are great, and God wants to use you. He wants to use me, his people. Let's not miss out on the great work that God's called us to. Because it could be hard. The wall was a real need that everyone could have worked on, but not everyone did. These nobles, it says, they did not put their shoulders to the work. They had the opportunity, but they chose not to participate and work. Thomas Edison said, Opportunity is missed by most people because it's dressed in overalls and looks like work. I find this to be true in a lot of people. They just don't want to work. Laziness. It can creep in into our hearts. It's not that that 
Those people or nobles were bad, but they didn't move ahead because of laziness. And the Bible warns us about this path of laziness, doesn't it? I mean, throughout all the Proverbs, I'll give you one example in Proverbs chapter six, verses six through 11. It says, go to the Anno slugger, consider her ways and be wise without having any chief officer or ruler. She prepares her bread in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. How long will you lie there, O slugger? When will you arise from your sleep? O sleep, a, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. You see, the Bible says the ant works diligently, and there's a great reward for that work. But the slugger finds terrible fruit. And of course, the, there are many more proverbs speaking about lazy person or for the slugger or the fool. Paul would even tell us in 2 Thessalonians 3.10, if anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. It is not a virtue in the church to be lazy. In other words, don't be lazy because fruit is rotten. God warns us this and he wants us to apply it in our lives. Paul taught us his principle of working hard and he taught it not just through a Bible verse, but with his own life. Another minister of the gospel, leader in the church, 1 Corinthians 15.10 says, but by the grace of God, he said, I am what I am and his grace towards me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them. We have to understand any gifts, any opportunity that we have is all by God's grace. It's his favor. There's nothing that we can earn or deserve for that, but we have to use that gift and worship God through that gift. And so Paul worked hard for the Lord and he worked harder than anyone, he says, and he did not want to treat that grace in vain. He recognized that it was God's grace and the power of the spirit, but he had a role to play. He had to work. Colossians 1.29 says, For this I toil, struggling with all energy that he powerfully works in me. We work with the Spirit of God as we surrender and follow his ways to glorify Jesus. Now, we really don't know why these nobles didn't work. Maybe it was, uh, wasn't because they were lazy. Maybe they didn't believe in the vision, right? There's a lot of people that don't work because they don't believe in the vision. Or they're preoccupied. There's other things in the world that, that take preeminent over Christ. Uh, uh, man, maybe just they, they thought too hard highly of themselves. I don't want to put my hand to their work. What am I, a servant, a slave? But here's what we do know in verse five. It says they didn't do it. It was a choice. They said they would not stoop. They could have, but rather they wouldn't stoop down. They made a choice, a willful decision not to participate. What about you? Are you busy doing the work of the Lord? I know that you can, but my question is, will you? As God's people, let's stop making excuses about serving the Lord and start advancing his kingdom. We have a choice to make. The invitation is for all God's people to be a part of his body and to serve and make disciples. The question is not can you, but will you? Just as the nobles chose to not participate in work, we have to choose as well. And the choice is up to us. How will you spend your time? How will you spend your life? The Bible warns us in Ephesians 5, 15 through 18. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, because of this, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is and do not get drunk with wine for that is a debauchery, but be filled with the spirit. We need to be continually filled and yielded to the Holy Spirit in our lives and do the work that God has given us. Looking carefully how we walk, not as unwise but wise and making the best use of our time we need to stop making excuses and realize we have a choice just like these nobles to serve 
or just like the priest are the men and women that were recorded that did skirt, that did serve. But here's a scary thing and a crazy thing. The two people groups that didn't participate in this work of building the wall were the nobles and the enemies of Israel. This is not a good place to be, my friends, in the same camp as enemies. James 4.17 says, So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. When we don't do the things God has called us to do, the Bible says it is bad for us and it is sin. So the question we should ask ourselves is, what camp do my actions put me? Am I really following after the things of God? And if I am, may I go to God? Do am I going to God for his strength, his spirit, his empowering? What am I daily? What am I daily obeying Jesus in? If we don't choose to follow Jesus, we are choosing against him. For Matthew 12, 30 says, whoever is not with me is against me and whatever and whoever does not gather with me scatters. So my warning to you is this. Don't miss out. Man, there is plenty of work to be done here on earth for God's kingdom. God has given us great talents, great time, great treasures by his grace. So use that grace for his glory. And when you choose to follow Jesus and his ways, you will not regret it. Join us for a conversation with Pastor Daniel and his dad, Pastor Joe Williams, as they share a pastoral perspective on the book of Nehemiah. Well, we're continuing to address sort of a a tough, hard subject, the reality of people not serving with you. Uh, not helping out. You know, there's a 90-10 rule. It's, they say that uh, 10% of the people do 90% of the work. And uh, we have to deal with this in ministry and leading people to serve the Lord and realize not everyone is going to choose to follow the vision. Not everyone is going to choose to be a part of the team and to contribute. So my first question for you, Daddy, is this. What do you do when you're leading people and they don't want to contribute? They don't want to work. They don't want to help with the vision, but they're a part of the church and they're just coming and taking, not contributing. Yeah, that's a hard that's a hard thing. Um, people do come to get. They don't they don't come to give. Uh, most people don't come to serve. Most people don't. Most people come to church. People come to church for different reasons. You know, people come to church, you know, just to hang out with their friends or they never even look around to see if the church has any needs, uh, if anything they can do to help to make the ministry run smoother, they never even look around for that. You, you only, no matter how big the church is, uh, seems like the church is always liking in leaders. They liken in helpers, servants. The main one is the Sunday school department. No matter how big the church is, uh, I know I came out of a church with 2,000 people, and there was always um, a short of Sunday school teachers. We, we asked the parents if the parents would help out, since it was, their, it was their kids, we asked the parents if you guys could help out to watch the, your kids and help out with the Sunday school, but the parents told us that they've been with the kids all the week, and they're going to come to church. They don't want to be with the kids at church. They came to church to get away from the children. Uh, sometimes, you know, 
parents would drop their kids off at the church and they would go to Walmart and shop at Walmart and using the church as a babysitting service or something. And we would ask the parents, says, hey, why can't you guys help us out? No, we came to, we want to be fed, but we don't want to be around the kids because we've been around the kids all the week and we want to get away from them. But I think it's awfully sad that a church that size, you know, I think every ministry in the church should be met. The, the Sunday school, the, the sound ministry, ushers, no matter what it is, a church that size, every need in that church should be met. But you got a, only a handful of people that really, that really gets involved and really help out. I mean, in my church, my Sunday school teachers, they did it for so long, they were getting burnt out and they were beginning to step down because they've, you know, when I first went into the ministry, my wife worked in the Sunday school for 10 years. Every Wednesday night, every Sunday, and every Sunday night with no help for 10 years. When I first went into the ministry, I had to do music for 10 years. Every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night for 10 years without a break. Other worship leaders came other people came, but they was not willing to use the gifts and talents that God had given them. So what do you, how do you get people involved? Well, you, you just keep praying for them and keep making the needs known. Because sometimes people don't know what the needs are in your church. So make it known. If you need Sunday school teachers, say, hey, you know, we're willing to train you up and get you the necessary curriculum to help you. Or whatever the, whatever the need might be, you have to keep saying it. And... Um, sometimes people don't know what the needs are so you got to make the needs known to the people so they can start praying about it and you know you don't want anybody working in your Sunday school you know we do a background check you know on people you know if they got a bad record of course we're not going to put them back there of course we're not going to do it but most of the time that's the biggest ministry in the church that hurts the most is the Sunday school ministry but in our, my old church, all the ministries were hurting because we had a lot of people, but only a handful were getting involved. And that, and that was really hard. I know my wife and I, we had to work in the Sunday school three services because we didn't have enough Sunday school teachers. My wife was a, Sunday, was a school teacher. She was a school teacher in California. So, you know, uh, we worked in the Sunday school three services because it wasn't enough help. I think it's very sad. So you have to keep praying for people. Keep making the need known. Keep saying it. Let people know, hey, you know, we need your help uh, with our Sunday school. So hopefully one day they'll get it. Now, the Bible speaks a lot about laziness. And then this episode, we're talking about not missing out. Uh, I love that quote by Thomas Edison. He said, opportunity is missed by most people because it is dressed in overalls and looks like work seems like people just don't want to work and that's okay but the bible addresses not working and laziness and it's something that we need to lead people to whether they be in the body or in our team how do we address it appropriately with people and a part of our team so maybe it's not just addressing the need and giving them opportunity but when people are saying man i don't want your opportunity no way mm-hmm. Well, you know, people don't want to work. That's, that's a fact. That's a fact, you know, and um, ministry is, is very demanding and it, it does take work. You know, when people come to church, 
everything is set up. Well, somebody set that up, the chairs, the sound, uh, the stage. Somebody got there ahead of time and put all that stuff in place before, evil, uh, before people even showed up. The ministry is work. Things has to happen. And all I can say is keep asking for help. Keep asking for help. Uh, it's kind of sad you have to, you know, almost beg people to get involved. You know, you get blessed by serving. You get blessed by serving. Every time you serve at your church and do something for the cause of Christ, God is going to bless you for it. So uh, if you're a pastor and you have people, you know, like I do sometimes, they don't want to get involved. They don't want to serve. They always have some excuse that, oh, I can't do that. Or I can't do this. You know, they're just a cop out. They just make all kinds of excuses. They really, really don't want to. They don't have a servant's heart. So what do you do? Well, you keep praying for them and you keep saying it. Uh, put the needs maybe in your bulletin to let people know what the needs are and pray that God would raise up somebody to help you. Now, it's just not with people and the team and the body. There's a real temptation for us to miss out on opportunity and to be tired, to not want to do things that God puts in our path just because we're tempted with laziness. We're tempted as leaders to be lazy or ineffective and not lead uh, and see the opportunities God's given us. How do we deal with our own selves and laziness and working uh, and, and praying through the decisions and on seeing the opportunities God has given us? Well, you know, as a leader, you can't, you can't think like everybody else. Uh, there's opportunities for leaders to grow in every area, but there's many times you're not going to feel like doing a lot of things. You're not going to feel like studying. You're not going to feel like teaching. You're not going to feel like going to church. But we're not walking by feeling. We're walking by faith and not by sight. You do it whether you feel like it or not. That is, that is commitment. That is dedication. You do it although you don't feel like it or not. And when you do, man, you go home just so blessed. You just, man, you just singing songs in the car on the way home. You said, man, I didn't feel like doing it, but people told me they got blessed. So, and, you know, I, I didn't feel like doing it, but I did it anyway, and God blessed it. So that's going to be a many times, uh, you know, you don't feel like preaching. You might have had a bad night, bad week, but you go out anyway. You give the word of God. The Holy Spirit is always going to bless the word of God. And, you know, you, you, can't get up, you can't give up just because you're tired. And when you get, off, uh, get out of church and you can rest and, you know, relax. But just keep going in spite of how you feel because you're right. I mean, that's sometimes I don't want to, I don't feel like it because I feel like, man, you know, I do this all the time and sometimes I get weary. Sometimes I don't feel like doing it. But I've, you know, I've learned to go out and preach whether I feel like it or whether I don't. So what has been a story or a time where you've had an opportunity, which has caused worker do, to do something, um, but it's really blessed you? Or maybe you didn't want to do it, going into it, but coming out of it, you felt blessed and you felt edified and built up. Yes, many times, um, you know, like I said, I didn't want to preach many times. I did it. Got blessed. 
afterwards. People say they got blessed. That was encouraging. Uh, there's been times where I've served, you know, I've done things, you know, I've done things at church that I shouldn't have had to have, to have done, really. I had people, I, sh I, I wish I could have delegated some of those things to some people, but I didn't have anybody to delegate it to, so I had to do it myself. But after I did it, I, you know, I was blessed by, I'm glad I did do it. But, you know, uh, no, no one, no one, I don't know how we, I don't know, really know how we can get people to realize that, you know, it's more blessed to give than to receive. When you give of yourself, your time, your gifts, and your talents, you are the one that's going to be blessed. And you are the one that's going to be rewarded, going to be rewarded. And you are the one that God is going to really take note and say, boy, that's a servant, that's a servant. He's not going to forget your labor, your labor of love. He's not going to forget that. So if you listen to this and you're not involved, you are not involved in your church, look around your ministry, look around your church and see what you think that you would be good at. See what God lays on your heart to do. And take a step of faith and just try it. You'll find out that you will be totally blessed. For your own life and temptations of laziness and temptations of not seeing those opportunities, where does accountability fit in? How can accountability help us to actually follow through in the things and sometimes we don't feel like doing? People expect a pastor to bring the word. They expect it. You know, and I think we all should be accountable. You know, when a person is not accountable, that's a red flag. Well, you know, you should be accountable to your board, you know, your wife. You should be accountable, of course, to the Lord, of course. But when a person, and that's why some people don't come, don't come to church when they, uh, especially when they fall into sin, they don't want to come to church anymore because they don't want to be accountable. They don't want to be told what to do. Uh, so they so they break fellowship right away. But you know, if a person don't want to be accountable, that's a red flag. We we shouldn't have anything to hide. Our life should be an open book, really. So accountability is good. It keeps us on the straight and narrow knowing that we are accountable. I, I tell people all the time, you know, there's nothing wrong with being accountable to people. There's nothing wrong. It's just going to help you be better. So there's nothing wrong with that. So if you are accountable to somebody, I think that's a good thing. Well, my last question for you is this. When we talk about not missing out, make the right decisions, I know that we have people in our lives so we can be accountable we can't really do anything to change heart. We got to pray for people. But as a leader, especially in a church, many church leaders listen to this and they've experienced the 90-10 rule. They've experienced people not missing out and they're working hard and other people aren't. How do we as leaders fight against bitterness with those who don't partake in the vision or won't work with us and do the things God called us to do that are so valuable, so important, we know they'll be blessed, but they just sit on the sidelines. How do we guard our hearts against that? Because that will always happen whether you're in a, a big church like you shared, a small church, medium-sized church. 
man, it's just going to happen. So how do we guard ourselves against that? Yeah, you know, most people are spectators, you know. They come to, you know, they'll just come to watch and see what's going on. And then they leave. And it's, some people don't get involved, but you can't get bitter because if you get bitter, um, you're not going to get blessed in your own life. God's not going to bless you, you know. Uh, Hebrews 12 talks about a root of bitterness springing up into people's heart where many be defiled, you know. So you don't want to go there. You don't want to get bitter. You know, as far as getting people involved, only God can lay on their hearts to do that. You can keep encouraging them to get involved. You can keep praying that God would raise up someone to help you. And uh, But that, that takes time. Sometimes that takes years. In the meantime, um, you know, if you have to do some things that you're not supposed to do, I know I've had to do things. I have to go in there and set up chairs before. I had to go in there and set up sound systems before and clean the church before and, you know, clean bathrooms before, clean Sunday schools because I had nobody else to do it and it had to be done. I knew I had visitors coming and the visitors come out and check out your Sunday school. It's got to be in order. Otherwise, you're going to lose people. But I should have had people I could have delegated that stuff to, but I didn't, so I had to do it myself. Um, and I did grumble. I did think, you know, you know what? These people are coming over here, but they're not doing nothing. I shouldn't have to be doing this. And, and if you're right, I shouldn't have to be doing it. But when you have nobody else to, to do it, uh, you, you got to do it yourself. Then you got to go out and do worship, and then you got to teach. And after Sunday, after the service is over, then you got a counseling appointment. So you might get home at three or four o'clock in the afternoon. People don't realize that. You know, the service might be over an hour, hour and a half, but sometimes the pastor don't leave until two or three o'clock in the afternoon. So it's, it's not just a going out and giving a sermon and it's all over. It's never over. Ministry is 24-7. So if a person not getting involved, all you can do is keep saying it, keep praying, and make the need known. And uh, I have to tell people sometimes, you know, if you guys don't do this, it's probably not gonna, it's not gonna happen because I can't take on any much. I've had, I've told people, but I can't take on any more than I'm taking on right now. If you guys want to see all these things done, you're gonna have to do it because a lot of people have good ideas, but they don't want to work. They want to put the work on you for you to do everything. So I tell people, you know, if God laid it on your heart to do it, then God is calling you to do it. Because God put that on your heart. I can't take on any more than what I'm taking on. And I need your help. Could you do this for me? Just ask them if they could do it for you. Ask people sometime for help if you need it. Otherwise, you're going to get discouraged. You might get bitter. You're going to get burnt out. You're only one person. You know, we human just like everybody else. We get tired just like everybody else. And I don't, I don't know, personally speaking for me, I couldn't go to a church and not do something. I would do something. I don't care if it was just cutting the grass. I would do something. I would not go to any church that I would not support that church financially and that I would not get involved in that church doing something. I don't have to be out front. I can be in the back scenes in the Sunday school. I can be in the back, back scene working in the sound ministry or anything. But I would find me some kind of ministry and get involved doing something. I'm not the, I'm not the kind of person just to come and go 
and just, well, see you next Sunday. No, I'm going to find something in that church to get involved with. Because we all are called to do something. We all are called to do something. And God has gifted us to do something. Find out what it is and encourage people to step out in what you think they should be good at, they could be good at it, and encourage them to get involved. That's all you can do and pray for them. Thank you for joining us for today's Leadership Lessons podcast. For more content, you can visit eeleaders.com and follow us on social media at eeleaders.